Well, welcome. So if you came today expecting to see or listen to the sermon like with the title of Where We Go From Here, uh, that was out on our sign. Uh, sorry, you'll have to come back next week because uh, some things came up and uh, Matt was not able to uh, be here today. So I get to come and give you the message again today. Uh, so sorry about that too. So, <laughs> But my name's Colton. I'm the intern pastor here. If this is your first time here, I welcome you. You're, you're in a place of uh, acceptance. Uh, so if we're... We're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, so if you want to turn there in your Bibles or open up your phone apps and pull up that, uh, we'll be there in a little bit. Uh, but I first, I want to pray for us. If you want to just bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. Lord, thank you for being here. Lord, I just pray that we focus on you, Lord, that we can seek out your heart, Lord, and you've just guide us to where you want us to be. Lord, thank you for everyone that's here today. Lord, we pray for Matt and his family that they, that, that hurt can be healed because you are bigger. Lord, we just thank you and we love you. In your son's name, amen. So this, if this is your first time here at Connection, I am glad that you're here You've came into a place that is filled, of, filled up with messed up people that don't have it all together. We're not perfect, but we're trying to be more like Jesus, and we're trying to be better, and we're trying to love people that are around us. Last week, I talked about our walk and what, where we should be going and what direction that we should be moving and how we should be growing. We looked out to become better by loving people and diving down into God's word and just applying it into our lives. And it's not always an easy task. And many of us stop when it gets hard. Some even believe that our journey ends when we accept Jesus as our Savior. But that's not the case. That's just where it starts. That's where the building starts. And we're going to see today about how building on a foundation that is the rock, as the, as the video said, that is Jesus Christ, and how we can build and what our lives should look like. It's not my job to build on it. It's not just my job, I should say. It's not just Matt's job, but it's all of our job to build the church and every believer's responsibility to do what is required of us. If you probably received a green handout as you came in today, if you want to turn open to the middle page here, there's some blanks. Uh, we're going to be filling them out here. Uh, but our first one is right here around the corner. So it's our job to build. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we become his workers, become the builders of his kingdom, of his family. And it should be our desire to build the community around us. Become the architects 
to build on the foundation that he has already given us. So just like the Corinthians, uh, we tend to settle in our comfort zones. We don't, we don't want to reach out. We don't want to step out into a faith of building, of something that's uncomfortable. I talked about some of the areas that is not really comfortable for me. I'm not really comfortable always standing up here in front of people. I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. I don't like to be out in front of people. But God has a funny way of doing things. And he tends to uh, make things uh, really uh, hard on us sometimes. That where we have to really trust him to build ourselves. And build the kingdom around us. Last week, uh, we saw how the, uh, in their comfort, saying in their comfort zones that they stayed infants in Christ. They didn't grow. They didn't, they didn't uh, trust God. They didn't eat the word. They didn't apply it to their lives. They didn't listen to Paul and where he wanted them to go. They're only looking how it makes them better instead of how it would make the better, how it would better the kingdom. They looked at Paul and Apollos, their leaders, as one, and one of them were right and the other one was wrong. And that they taught two different things. But they were still infants in their, in their learning and in their minds of Christ to realize that Apollos and Paul were doing the exact same thing. They were pointing people to Christ in just different ways. They were arguing like two-year-olds. And I talk about this, about arguing like a two-year-old. And my my daughter, she used to argue, but I feel like after last week when I talked about arguing and about she's just kicked it into a new gear, a new new function. It's everything is no. So I'm I'm kind of walking on uh, eggshells here, so hopefully it doesn't uh, proceed even farther because dealing with two-year-olds can be fun. But God, they were arguing whether Paul or Apollos were trying to do the same thing or if they were even talking in the same uh, direction and leading the people in the same area. And we're going to uh, see here in uh, chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 5 because we went through the first four verses last week. Uh, this week we're going to go through a few more. So... Um, If you want to look at verse 5 and 6. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work of the Lord that the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. Paul pushes, as we see here, that he... And Apollos are doing the same thing, but just in different stages. Paul started the church in Corinth. He started the people and gathered the people, the first believers and the first people who started to believe. And then, so he just fed them the milk like we talked about last week. He just gave them the, the basics. Just the stuff that they can handle. The stuff they would understand and hopefully that they would just grow out. And he spent two years doing that. He spent a long time trying to just to build them up. 
and then he had to go, then God called him to go elsewhere. And then Apollos comes in and does a, it talks a little bit different, talks a little bit more um, ahead of their time. They weren't, they weren't ready for what Apollos said. They, were, they hadn't grown enough. They haven't, didn't start understanding what their, their job was as Christ, as followers. So that's where all the dissension started. But they were just two people doing the same thing at different times, at different stages of where the Corinthians should be. Just like us, sometimes we look at other churches as problems, as people that are in a different area, that are not the same as us. But guess what? We're all on the same team. I want to, like... Just be honest with you. I, I used to struggle with this. I used to struggle with being on the same team. I always thought that churches, uh, whoever was the biggest was the winner, right? I always believed that we, if another church was growing, then we were losing. So we had, we didn't, I didn't understand this. My mind was really small and uh, I just, and it wasn't even that long ago. It's, I want to be honest with you. When LifePoint started, I always thought that it was, I was kind of taken back. I was like, oh, another church that's kind of like us, that's going to be stepping on where we were, where we have already started, where we have already planted our seed, where we already started to grow people around us. And they're just going to come in and right, right out from under us. I know a lot of the people there now, so I, I really, I really like them. And we're all, I've, I've come to realize uh, that it's not about me. It's not about our church. It's not about what we can do for our church, for our benefit, for us, but it's for the kingdom. It's for, so whether we uh, are the people that see the fruits of our labor or not, it's not us that made it grow. It's God, right? So whether I did the planting or I did the watering and got to see the growth come up. It wasn't me that made it grow. I had good intentions when thinking about thinking that way. It was that we were better, that we needed to see the growth, that we needed to uh, be it, and that they were not, they were the enemy, right? They were, but they weren't. Because it's not about our church, but it's about his church. Capital C Church, the people, not the building, not the place that we're in, not these four walls. Because more people that come to Christ, the more people that understand that Christ loves them and wants to be in a relationship with them, makes our job easier. Makes our job more fun because we get to spend it with people that are aspiring to be like Christ and bring more people to him. Just like Paul. Sometimes we plant the seeds. For someone else to grow it. And it doesn't seem fair right. It doesn't seem like it. Like that's how it should work. That I do the planting. It'd be like asking a farmer. To go and do the work. Go out and till up the land. Plant the seeds. 
And especially after this year, having waiting to get in the, into the fields with all the rain and then saying, now you don't get to see any of the, the crops from it. It's all, uh, all going to go to somebody else. We're just going to give it to somebody else. It's not fair, right? Most farmers would not be okay with that, right? Spending the time and their money to, to go plant the fields, but that's our job. It may, we might not always get to see our fruits, our work all finish. Maybe it's somebody else's job to really water it, and then they see it grow, but it's never us that makes it grow. Just like that seed, we can do everything right. We can, we can have it perfectly, the ground perfectly, nutri- uh, had the right amount of nutrients in it, 100%. Water and have it tilled up just perfect and plant those seeds in it, but we have to wait for it to grow, right? We can't make it grow. We can have it water. There can be just the right amount of water, but if that seed's dead, it's dead, right? It won't pop up. It won't, it won't grow. It's God who makes that seed just pop up. Nothing that we can do can make it grow. We can make the environment perfect for it, just like we can in our, with the people around us, we can make the environment perfect. We can make this worship service amazing and that the band sounds perfect. And my sermon or Matt's sermon is just on point. But we can't change the hearts of the people around us, right? But it's our job to make it as perfect as it can it's, and line it up with what God wants. We are the body of the believers trying to make a difference in a corrupt world. That is why we should be jumping at the opportunity to serve with other churches, serve with other people, other believers. Because we can't reach everybody. We can't touch, we can't always align with everybody. So it takes multiple people. It takes a lot of different types of people to become the church. Look at your next blank in your worship out. We are one body in Christ. This comes all the way back from Sunday school, right? All the way back when we were, when we were kids, and we were one body. Each of us has a, has a has a purpose in this life, and your purpose might not be my purpose, and it might not always align. Just like a body, if a foot does not do what it's supposed to do, if it doesn't catch you, it doesn't keep you moving forward, and it just falls out, you fall over, right? It doesn't, it doesn't help you move forward if it's not doing what it needs to do. So we have to work together. Everyone that is a follower of Christ has a job. And we must work together to be a part of the body so that we can all succeed in bringing more people to Christ. So if that means for you or for me that it's cleaning the bathrooms, playing on stage on an instrument, or just being back in a sound booth, just being back there, like it's not important. Those guys are really important back there. So everybody has something different. And it might not all align, but if we don't work together, 
we can't get everything done right. I can't run the can't run the sound from up here, right? I can't run that. I can't make that uh, the environment good from back from up here when they are responsible for it. So our job is to work together. So with that, we need need people. If you're not helping somewhere, if you don't, so this little plug, you're not helping somewhere, and you're and you're attending here a lot, or you're a member here, come talk to me. I, I have we have a lot of options. You, we can wake up exactly where you want to be. You don't have to come play on stage. You don't even have to clean bathrooms. You can just go hold babies if you want to. That's a lot of fun. So if you want to be a part, a part of something here, come talk to me after service and we can, uh, we can get you set up with the right people. So moving on to verse 7. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seeds grow. The only one, the the one who planted and the one who waters does works together with the same purpose, and both will re, be rewarded for their hard work. For we both are God's workers, and you are God's fields. You are God's building. See, it's not important. Paul points out it's not important who does the watering, who does the planting, who does who makes. What's important is that you grow and that the people around us grow. Like I said, if you plant your garden or you plant your fields and you do everything right, you have to have faith that it's going to grow. So just like that, Paul is pointing out that it's not him or Apollos that has any importance. If they're just two vessels that said yes to helping the church in Corinth grow. That they were a part of something bigger than themselves. They were a part of Christ. And that they wanted to push what he wanted. They wanted to be more like Christ. And they wanted more people to follow them to be more like Christ. It's our job. Our job then becomes not doing works for ourselves, but for God so that he can grow his family through us by serving together and living and loving like Christ who laid the foundation for our life. When we work together as one body, we all get, then we get to keep the benefits and rewards together. It's not about who gets what. It's about that the fact that we all see the fruits coming from it. And it's our job to grow and build the church. We can't sit back and be consumers and not help bring in people and not help build the family. It's not our job. It's not our calling. I don't care what your calling is. Your calling is not just to sit and listen and take in. Your calling is to go out and be a part of something bigger. Be a part of the church. Help build the church. Whether it's, like I said, whether it's cleaning toilets or being, preaching. It's not, it's not important what, what it is. What's important is that you're doing something and helping grow and helping him push God's kingdom. So in verse 10, it goes on. Uh, but 
Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on the foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that we have already have, which is Jesus Christ. We have to build on the foundation. So thank goodness he's using this as a metaphor and not actually becoming actual builders because this guy would not be a very good builder. I struggle sometimes. I, we look, I look back at this all the time. I struggle putting the screws in on the front end of this. Like Jason Barry is awesome. He built it for us. But I had to put the screws in. I struggled putting the screws in straight. As you can tell, you can look. And now that I pointed out, you'll get to see it. But I struggle putting that, those in there. So I'm glad that God's not calling us to be like physical builders because on, on a foundation because I'm not sure if I would be able to, to do it and understand it. It's not, my, it's not my gift. It's not my talent. But when we're saved by the work of Christ and his grace, then we are called to move. We have to do, we have to or we don't grow. We have to move forward. We have to build. We have to do something different. Like I said, Paul uses it as a metaphor of building. But it has to be something. It has to be our talent. It has to be something for us to move forward. And I'm glad that, I'm seriously, I'm really glad that I don't have to build anything. I really struggle with that and putting things straight. But Paul really wants us to use whatever we have, whatever our talent is. I'm very good at... uh, just talking to people. I, I really I really like talking to people. Uh, even though I'm an introvert, uh, I've learned to really uh, enjoy just making people feel like they are a part of something because they are. There's something bigger. Just like um, my wife, Christina, she, lo- she, really, uh, she really loves people. She loves to make them feel comfortable. She loves having people over. She loves being a part of something just to just... She likes to cook too, so it's all about that. It loves to cook for people, loves to make people feel like they are uh, important and just being hospitable. That's the word I was looking for. But she uses her talent in any way she can. Like she helps, like several of you do. You've helped Hannah and Jake with their time in with their newborns, but they take care of the youth by cooking. There's, set, there's several people that are, are involved with that. But that's the kind of stuff that we need to do. Whatever it is that you like to do, you can probably do it for Christ. You can probably figure out how to make it better for Christ. It goes on in verse 12. Anyone who builds on the foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, Wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. So each of our contributions will be different. What we use, how we do it, will look different. He uses gold, silver, jewels, because sometimes... 
the gold looks really good, right? It looks looks makes the house or like if you look at a old time, it makes the play makes the building look really good. Or and the straw looks like it's nothing. But he doesn't say what is important, which one is more important, which one is more uh, is better to use, because it doesn't matter. Because we don't get to make that judgment. We don't make, get to make that call. It's not the gold that might be the best. It might be the straw to build that foundation. We have to give our best. And do what God has called, called us to do. We may never know our impact on the kingdom. Just because it doesn't look like there is any value in the work you are doing doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact. You might not see the end results. You might not get to to farm what you have planted. You might not be able to get to harvest it. Paul even states that we don't get to see what kind of work we have done until judgment day. So we don't get to see or understand what our impact is until we're standing in front of Christ. So don't think, no matter how small your uh, intentions are, how small your talents are, or whatever it is, that it doesn't have a bigger impact. Because one prayer for somebody could change the direction of their life. Look at your next blank on your worship handout. It's our job to use our talents to build. Whatever our talents are, we have to use them to build the kingdom. I feel like I'm just hammering that point, but it's important to me. It's important that we are stepping out to do something bigger than ourselves. It's important to do something that... Not, that does not keep us in our comfort zone. It's not, we need to be out of it. We need to move. We need to grow. And not just in numbers, but in our, in our spiritual life. We need to grow. We need to have a deeper relationship with Christ. And doing that through your talents. And through, through getting with God and being able to apply his word is the way we do it. So I want to be real honest with you. My week has not been the greatest. My week has been, uh, I've really struggled this week. I, like the first half of the week was really great. And then like, I found out that I was preaching on Monday. So I had to figure out how to uh, write this sermon that I normally take two, three weeks to write. To write it in about three days, two or three days, just to be able to have time to understand uh, and be able to practice and be able to get the worship flow out to people that uh, that need it. So we can have like these awesome slides up here. But I've been super stressed. Work's been crazy. Things have not, not worked out for me. Not, not going in my, my way sometimes. And I struggled even finishing my sermon, right? So I, I got out and I got exactly what I wanted to preach on. I, pr- I wrote... 
in a hurry, and I wrote like several pages worth of stuff that I wanted to talk on. And then it was like I hit a brick wall about right here, about this this slide right here, right? I couldn't do anything. Couldn't understand uh, why it was so easy all the way up to here. And that no matter what amount of studying that I was doing, I was looking at uh, different ways to move forward. So I sent out, I, I knew exactly what I wanted to preach on. So I just went ahead and sent out all my worship flow so we could have it done. And I was, I was like, oh, I'll just add my words in later. So I sat back and it was about Friday. Uh, I ran into a f- friend of mine. He, uh, he had asked me before that if he, if I wanted to go to race in uh, Wayne City this weekend. and uh, But we decided that we're going to st- stay back and watch the Cardinals game, right? Because the Vision Series... Uh, divisions heating up, so we have to. We kind of we're both big Cardinals fan. We want to we want to watch the thing. So he comes over. So we decide he's going to come over to my house. We're just going to watch the game. So Friday night we're watching the game, and we decide about inning number two that we're not going to watch the game anymore. We're just going to go sit outside <laughs> because well, no matter what, it's <laughs> a preference. Like we won't be watching any more games together. Because I don't think we've ever watched a game and they've won together, so we're just going to we're just going to skip out on that from now on. Uh, but uh, we went and we sat out and we just started talking. And he, he he gave me permission to tell, but we were talking about some of God's gifts and some of uh, our purpose for uh, our lives and what what God's calling has on us, right? So he he, came, he proceeded to tell me that he he thinks he's going to become he, he's really. God's really pushed him to be a prayer warrior. And that um, a few weeks ago that it's really is where it started. And he started praying for a person that uh, he had no ties to, didn't have like a specific name, just he was praying for them. And it, it proceeded from there to being pro, uh, praying for his, that person's family and that, their descendants and their, their kid and his kids and grandkids. And well, But he's doing what God's called him, right? He's doing exactly what God wants for him, for his life, and that he, and he understands that he's probably never going to ever talk to this person, whoever they're. So he's not going to see his reward, right? Not here, at least. He's not going to get to see that what the impact of this his prayers are going to have on this person's life. He's not going to understand. He's, he may get to see it. He may not, but we don't know. But that's where I'm trying to get to is that we don't know what our impact is. You don't know what a single word to somebody or just praying for somebody or what their, the impact it has on somebody. So, like I said, I'm going to finish my story here. So he tells me all this, right? And, and I just start laughing because I talk, because it's, he plays on the exact wording that I had in here, like that I had already written down, had exact wording he said to me. And I go, well, that's funny because I really needed something to talk about right here and that I didn't have a way to flow into the next spot. And like you, this has to be a God thing. God's impact is bigger than us. He understands where we need to be and understands uh, what our talents are and where we, uh, what we need from him. But him just talking about his talents 
and has pushed me to the point of saying, oh, now I need to, to go. Now I'm ready to write. Now I'm ready to, to build this sermon, build this around us. So we may never get to see our labors. I might not get to see where our church is going to be 10 years from now. I don't know if I'm going to, I'd be here. We don't get promised the next day. I hope I do, but I, our talents have to be used and we have to build it and we have to really push to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Look at verse 14. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Our work will receive, we'll receive a reward for our work. We might not get to see it here on earth. I'm going to tell you that right now. And my work, if it's not truly for God, me pre- preaching up here and me th- like giving a sermon and really just putting myself out there, if it's not for, if it's to make myself bigger and make me bigger, it's for nothing. It's going to be, I'm still going to be the person that gets burnt up and barely makes it through, right? So it's our job to use our talents and build with God and just be a part of him. He saves us, so don't get me out of here. It's not works that gets us to the heaven. It's not it's not what we can do here on earth that gets us to heaven or gets us to to be in there it's his work right it's his his dying on the cross to save us but do we barely want to get by do we barely want to scave in there or do we want to live a full life bringing more people to Christ and being more a part of a of a family cuz i want to be a part of a family i want my family to be big i want my family to to be large. Like I said last week. I really used to really want a big family. Now I have a big family with five adopted ki- uh, brothers and sisters. It's a whole, di- whole different story. I'd like to be, have family that goes home to their own house. So <laughs> but it's, it's fun. It's, it's more fun when you have people around you that you've helped uh, build because barely getting by at judgment day is not how I want to live my life. I would be fully committed using every bit of my talent that, has God, that God has given me to push his purpose, his life, his, and show people his love. Verse 16. Don't you realize... All of you together are the temple of God. We are the church. We are the church. We're not the building. The building is not the church. 
Like I said last week, this building could fall in on itself this week with no one in here, and we're still going to have church because we're going to come together as a body of believers to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We're going to be a part of each other's lives to help grow and build on each other. And that the Spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple. For the temple is holy and you are the temple. We are the temple. We are the, we should be, like, people should be coming to us to hear about God. Our lives are God's examples. Like I said, we said all the time that our church is not this building. And the church has a purpose. And our purpose is to serve. And that's at whatever capacity that you have. Like I said, whether it's cleaning toilets or running slides or up here playing an instrument or being on the drama team or anything like that, like that is your purpose. We can't shortchange our calling. We can't say that one is better than the other. Because the next, look at the next point on your, because we are the church. One's not better than the other. A person's not better than the other person. We're all sinners. All of our calling are to serve God in the best of our ability. And we must treat our work as though we are experts to fulfill our purpose for God's plan. You want to just bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. Lord, I just pray that we come and focus on you, Lord, that we can come and serve you in whatever our capacity is, that we can just focus our lives on your plan. Lord, I just thank you for everybody that's here, that we leave here and we serve you to the best of our ability, Lord, that we align our purpose with yours. Lord, we love you and we thank you in your name. Amen.